1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Indie Football Podcast. Such an interesting weekend of football that I barely know where to start. Uh, I'm Ed Malian, of course, Sports Head of the Independent, and I will be uh, talking you through, well, I think we're going to mainly do Arsenal Man United and, and everything that came out of that this week, um, but also the World Cup draw, which is probably a million times more exciting than any football we've seen. So uh, who's with me today? We've got uh, our very own... EU worker Miguel Delaney, <laughs> uh, Miguel, yep. say hello. Hello. How was your trip to Moscow? Good, good. I enjoyed, it, actually, I have to say. First thoughts of
2: uh, of Russia? Are yeah, you, I am. Um, I think for uh, maybe a few reasons, I was slightly not reticent about going, maybe slightly wary, and this has actually made. Would me... Would you say you
1: were just profiling it, perhaps? Just you were just being racist. No. OK,
2: carry Just, on. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a sensitive political uh, <laughs> climate at the moment. Uh-huh. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> but you said it was beautiful more than anything. But
2: yes, it is. The center is uh, amazing. It, it did uh, actually amp up my excitement for the World Cup website. It was a great city center.
1: Um. I mean, I, I was looking at Google Street View of um, Saransk the other day. Mm. Uh, as a bit of research, and that doesn't necessarily look as, as beautiful as St. Basil's Cathedral. No, wouldn't But either. no, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Moscow, and uh, I'm sure you are, and I'm sure the man to my right... No, you, you stop talking. <laughs> uh, Jack Pitbrook uh, is also looking forward to Russia. Jack? Yeah, can't wait. Um, judging by the pieces of paper next to you, which I won't spoil, um, you are very excited about Russia indeed. Um, it will be your first World Cup. Yes. First World Cup. Excellent news uh, for everyone. We've also got Matt Murphy in the corner. No microphone for him. Uh, he's just... Uh, for the best, for he's the best. Yeah, it's for the best. He's just waving. <laughs> um, unfortunately, some slurs from him towards some of the podcast guests earlier on. Uh, we'll have to brush over those. Um the whole so Industrial Tribunal. Th- Yeah, well, I mean, HR are very good yeah. here. <laughs> um, we'll start with the Premier League. Um, Arsenal-Manchester United, uh, the only game worth talking about this weekend. Is that fair or is that too much? Yeah, uh, no. City was. City was. I, I would talk about that. Well, I suppose because you, you kind of have to talk about them both in connection, given the uh, well, indeed. The especially derby. with what Arsene Wenger said afterwards, and and what we we get out of it. So, uh, Arsenal Man United. Jack Pitbrook, you were there. You were present at the Emirates Stadium for one of the best Premier League games ever. It was certainly the best game. I is
0: the best game I've seen this season. I think it was the best game in the league so far this season. Um, it's funny because I wrote a. I wrote a preview piece saying about how the game had lost its edge because the two teams Mm. had um, focused too much (coughs) on on the bottom line and everything, which, like most match previews I wrote, was completely disproved by the first three minutes (laughs) of the match itself Uh, because it was really, really good. It was, I mean, it wasn't the highest quality game you'll ever see because some of the defending was so bad. But in terms of having everything you would want a big game to have, like kind of back and forth, lots of chances, end-to-end violence, a red <laughs> card. Uh, it good had goals. Yeah, good goal really, quality, good, yeah. Really, really good. Really, goal, really good goals. The, the second brilliant. goal was, the was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that was fantastic. So f- in all, it, w- it was almost like an old school Manchester United Arsenal game,
1: except for the fact they didn't really have the title riding on it. Um, and they didn't seem to dislike each other. I, I know there was that, the the Pogba red card, but they didn't. there wasn't any sort of lingering sense of m- dislike. There was a little
0: like, bit between Herrera and Sanchez yeah, at the end. Yeah, that was good. I liked But that. then they're both too... Uh, pre snide players a so it shouldn't, be characters. Too, yeah, it shouldn't be too much but of a surprise m- modern,
2: modern players just I mean, maybe I. I don't want to use the word millennial here especially given how much it's been it's been used in relation to Jose Mourinho but uh, it do, it does feel as if kind of modern players just feel kind of they don't have that kind of macho aggression
1: of the the Keane Vieira days probably the, all those avocados uh, oh, yeah. and the iPhones they're buying that's why they can't afford houses um, do we think Jack that Arsenal are because b- basically, I mean, if anyone doesn't know the score, Ar- Man United won three-one. Arsenal were b- the better team throughout. Fair to say, mm, I'm not
0: sure. I, so I got lots of Arsenal fans on Twitter telling me that. I think that, I think that, like, yeah, for Arsenal dominated possession and chances for more of the game than United did. But when you when you gift away two goals as stupidly as Arsenal did in the first ten minutes. Like, that isn't luck. Yeah, That's really... That is catastrophically bad football. <laughs> and that has to be factored into, like, the yeah. bigger
2: question of who deserves to win. Um, you you can't just say, ignore what we did really, really badly. Right, in the, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And even then, like... Other things which might be interpreted as luck, like De Gea being brilliant, like that, mm. that you know, that isn't luck. That's the fact that he's the yeah, best goalkeeper yeah. in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Arsenal were dominant for long spells, but equally, I think they did deserve to lose. In a sense, it was a bit like an Arsenal season in microcosm, because we're, we're always used to Arsenal being disastrously bad in August, September, October, playing themselves out of the title race, and only then in November, d- December, mm. turning it on. Base after they've already thrown everything away. And this game was like that. Like and, they, and,
2: and as well as that, enough in the game or the season so they can go, oh, no, actually, we are OK. Everything's going to be fine yeah, in the future. Yeah.
0: Going down 2-0 or gifting away two goals in the first 10 minutes and then starting to play really well. I mean, yeah, you can tell yourself that for the majority of the game you played well, but because you played so badly
1: at the very start of it, you still lost. And that's basically mm. how an Arsenal season works. And, and Arsenal's defence, which was supposed to be this new thing they'd fixed, the back three of Micheli, of <laughs> Montreal and Mustafi, um, I think they played 5-1-5, uh, conceded 0 or something like that uh, together, suddenly completely dismantled in a matter of seconds.
0: Yeah, I remember on Wednesday night after the Huddersfield game, Martin Wenger told us that he thought that the back three would make them newly secure against the counter-attack and they didn't w- wouldn't have to worry about that in the same way nowadays. And like, that might have been true, but for the fact that the defenders made absolutely catastrophic errors for the goals. I mean, the first one came with Koscielny pl- trying to play a square pass to Kolasinac, which got cut out by Valencia. The second came with Mustafi trying to play out from the back, Dreadful dallying, getting, yeah. nicked, getting nicked by Lingard, and then running out, and they got in behind. So even like str- what Wenger said might have been true... In theory, but in practice, the individual errors were so bad that there was nothing they could do to stop
1: it. And, uh, I mean, Manchester United, Miguel, come away with the three points. They're still not really in the title race. Um, Still a huge gap. They still absolutely have to win this game. They have to beat Manchester City next weekend, which which is something we should touch on, I suppose. Um, They won't have Paul Pogba, who was sent off. Uh, We all agree that was a red card. Yeah, I think it wasn't as bad as it looked. Yeah, I agree but with it that. was I'm not sure not, it was super intentional. It's not
0: like a malicious stamp, although it looked like mm. a malicious stamp when you first see it. I think he was reaching for the ball, basically yeah. overreach got it wrong. But the when, when the yeah. second
1: foot comes down on
2: Bellering. And and ultimately we all know like the even if it's not necessarily the laws, but we all know the context of these decisions and kinda of what your referees are guided by. Mm-hmm. And when you come in like that, we, when you're kinda of, mm-hmm. your foot is raised anyway, you're kinda of, Putting where it in. was
1: on him as well, uh, where it was on, on Bellerin, like it's, uh, you know, the, the ball's not often there. It's just not, I don't think it's an area you can hit a player with the studs and get away with. Um, c- so c- certain Twitter trolls pointed to your uh, natural position of a uh, Yeah, Bellerin's no, I, I I did uh, read that, but... It's I, a I bit th- uh,
0: JFK, back <laughs> to the left.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think broadly um it's a shame that pogba won't be playing in the match of the derby because yeah. it gives united the excuse you know what i wanted was was two full strength teams going into this game and then we can really see who's who's the, the better side yeah i mean I, was, I, I, i've
0: been really impressed by lingard so lingard had a really good week scored against watford uh, uh, last against watford, tuesday yeah. night scored twice against arsenal and well, I, well, I think he's the kind of, kind of players as well he's kind of counter he, he's basically i mean he's not that good but he's really good at counter-attacking cuz he's yeah. really quick and makes good runs and he's the kind of player, uh, you know, if United play in a similar way against City, which I'm sure they will, then I imagine that Herrera he will come in for Pogba and then Lingard can do that counter-attacking he job. He's
2: actually the sort of player that does very well on the Mourinho team as well because he will just will follow orders and has his physical attributes that mm-hmm. you know, maximizes those orders.
1: They gave him a big new deal as well, didn't they? I mean, yeah. he's going to be sticking around, you'd expect. Um, Marcus Rocco was back as well, which I thought made a bit of a difference to their back line. Um, but broadly speaking, Arsenal, yeah, they were good. Um, but it's December they're out the title race yeah. and you know it's just the same old season for them the only thing really the, the thing that's most interesting around Arsenal for me is, is the, the wrangle that's going on with the ownership and yeah. also the fact that they brought in Sven Mislint out their new scouting guy uh, head of recruitment and, and Raul from, from Barcelona is this preparing for a Wenger departure next summer you know, or are they going to try and linger it on for another year? Because if you do linger on for another year, then what you've got is that situation where we know the contract's ticking down. Yeah, exactly. It's better yeah. if he leaves it it halfway through a two-year contract. Yeah,
2: it is interesting that way. And also, I mean, the big question, if he does stay an extra year, can their new hierarchy really do the work, the ideal amount of work that they can do while you have a such a powerful figure like Wenger there?
0: Yeah, I mean, cli- you know, in a sense, this the appointment of Mislintat and Sanlehi is a victory for Gazidis in the kind of long-running... Cafe G- Yeah, wenger Gazidas tussle. Like, this is what
1: Gazidis always wanted, was to have these kind of senior people reporting to him. Wasn't it a slight Wenger victory in that um, the guy coming in from Barcelona is not going to have any control over the football side? Like, he is just a kind of a contracts and admin guy?
2: There's law's moving on, isn't it, more? So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so more it's kind of a of Dick, law yeah. Dick Law replacement. Dick Law. Whereas if
1: Overmars had come in, it would be more of a sporting guy. But um, now that now that
0: these guys are in place, it's going to. B- you wonder whether or not... I mean, if this means that ultimately Kazidis has got that victory over Wenger. Hmm. And if it... I mean, I don't know whether it will speed up Wenger's departure, but certainly it means that there's a structure in place. When he does go, they, could, they can go and get a kind of head coach but, rather than a sort of Wenger-type yeah. role. Does
2: that, it's another link between the clubs, actually, that touches on... Also, the piece you did in the build-up, Jack, in terms of kind of their similar structures, but both of them are going to go through, um, or could well be going through this kind of admin change because there has been talked to United, will appoint a director of football and uh, want a new club secretary.
1: Well, that was first, first rumoured when Jose, Jose was first brought on board by United. And, and there's a there bit a conf- there's
2: conflict of conflict there's in the end because I've, I've both heard that Mourinho didn't want a director of football initially and was dead against it. But, and that if he wants one now it would have taken a massive change um, but then I've also heard to be fair connected to that that Mourinho has been he hasn't noticed basically how much of United is concentrated on commercial rather than actual pure football like, which is again something that you mentioned in that, in, in that piece on Thursday
1: well, you'd rather have someone who knows about football doing the director of football role mm. rather than Ed Woodward who's kind of almost a factor yeah. of doing it
2: himself and, and even like, like given the nature of Woodward's job sure that's too much to put on him
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, a, it's an enormous company, isn't it? Um, Matches a derby, anything you want to say ahead of well, that? The one thing I was thinking about this game is, you know, was this... So what what what
2: has what carries the biggest weight from this United win? Is it the qualities that won them the game, or is it the kind of some of the errors and mistakes and issues that would, uh, you know, give you uh, cause for thought?
0: for me it was i would probably if i were a manchester united fan i would probably be more optimistic about what i saw on saturday just because they showed they showed that they can score goals away at a big 6 team yes yeah because they they are kind of is, those, is those front players are sharp enough to pick up on defensive mistakes in the opposition the, yeah. the, the issue is that i mean arsenal did what liverpool and chelsea were smart enough to not do which is to make stupid errors trying to play out from the back, mm. to, which is really probably the only way that United were going to score. That's true, actually, yeah. And so City, if City watch that, they will realise that they have to be basically perfect playing out from the back so on actually, Sunday so that they don't fall into the same traps as Arsenal did. And just Stones could be a big miss there, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, God, if they play playing Mangala, then they're yeah. in serious trouble. Um, That's a slight leveller, I think, possibly, but the, the, the absence of Pogba is massive. Yeah, well, oh, because
2: Pogba basically just makes... It means that no matter how defensive Mourinho wants to go with the rest of his team, the natural way that Pogba plays just brings them up, brings everything up a level. Um, something and something does seem to have clicked them on the break recently. I mean, that, that's two games in a row. That's two really kind of rootless um, attacking
1: performances, I spe- like just the
0: way—yeah, seven goals at two difficult places to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's
1: one of those. One of the goals. there's f- i saw a freeze frame from it where there's basically about five Arsenal players clustered around Pogba. Yeah, you know, leaving everyone else free, mm. and that's basically what he—he he brings more than you know, who, whoever's going to play in his place. There is never going to bring the same sort of fear factor. And the thing with Pogba is because you know one of the great things that he was doing at Juventus was he dribbled the ball through the midfield thirds more than any other player in Europe mm. in terms of distance covered. And what he does is by bringing the ball forward, he attracts defenders, which opens up holes, and yeah. then he's you know he's good enough to make the pass. So without that, there will be an issue, I think, uh, against City with that. Uh, any final thoughts ahead of the derby from you, Jack? City aren't playing well. I mean, that seems like an obvious thing to say, but they were... They're not playing well is still better than pretty yeah, much any team in the league.
2: I, also, I think there has been... a. I think because of the hammerings they doled out to so many teams over September and October... I think basically just more last three games it has been so conspicuous, just how deeply defensive. Yeah. I think it's actually it's a little bit similar to the issue Spain had in 2010 and between 2008 and 2010, and um, where suddenly there was all this argument and debate about how boring Spain were. But I, I do think a large part of that was because everyone like and they dominate so much of the ball. They're, they're sort so of if we step out against these, we're yeah, done. Yeah.
0: So like, it just it just caused. That was very evident from. Ha- I mean, I didn't see the Saints game, but I, I was at the Huddersfield game hmm. and watched the. Uh, West Ham game on telly and that was very evident from both of those was how kind of deep narrow and um, and how much those defences were set set back basically mm. rather than stepping up yeah. jo- Jose's going to park it right and I think he's for once justified in. Yeah. why would no, you not like yeah. why there is, That that is the problem with when Guardiola complains about this kind mm. of thing is there is no, like, it would be insane to do anything else, than anything other than that. You'd yeah. have to be so, so good. Like you, Spurs, exactly.
1: can do, Spurs can do it, but I don't think anybody else can. If you were Jose, would you consider not playing Lukaku and going with two just two faster forwards? Yeah. You should, no, I, I'm not sure it, he'd do it, but...
2: Lukaku gives him a little bit of an outlet in that way. Although he's, he's, He'd always be concerned about his touch. Uh, especially his if you first have, touch. Is it, see this is the issue with Lukaku in games like that, especially if you expect City to dominate the ball. Lukaku will have even fewer touches, which will make him kind of even uh, even, even rustier throughout the game. Yeah. It was something that was very evident
0: in the games away to Liverpool and Chelsea. Well, if they play that 3-4-1-2 again, they could, where they've had Lukaku mm. and Martial together up front, they could actually have Martial and Rashford,
1: I guess, in theory. Mm. I mean, I'd be interested to see something like that. I guess without Pogba there, it's it's probably less likely. But it would have been nice to see, you know, speedy frontline, line, Martial and Rashford. Yeah. Maybe Pogba in at that number 10 position, and they basically go Matic, Herrera, um, and then the wing back. So it's like a back seven. It's almost a back seven with two guys uh, just sat in front of the defenders. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I think the Premier League uh, was a fairly dull weekend. As you say, City got it done. Um, really th- so I'm happy to move on to Friday, which is obviously even further back in time. But it was the World Cup draw, which is about um, as big an administrative function as it gets in football um, and was was excellent just because you know it, the excitement of next summer's tournament really begins with knowing who the hell's going to be playing each other. Well,
2: it is. I mean, I think I tweeted it during the draw, but it is that thing of suddenly when the names start coming true, it, it is impossible not to start getting excited because the World Cup finally starts to take shape, it it's kind of, gets colored in, like it's, not, it's not just this kind of massive event, it's a, oh wow, well, like that, that
1: game is then. this is then. That felt like a reference to my color-coded spreadsheet, which I've begun. Um, <laughs> from that, I mean, I, uh, is there any point in me reading off the groups? I feel like people are gonna know the groups. But we're go- what we're gonna do, we're gonna go through the World Cup, and we're gonna tell you who's gonna win yeah. everything, um, so you don't have to watch it next summer. Um, so we'll <laughs> begin with uh, Group A, but well, you can read our our quality content. Yeah, we'll obviously read the high quality yeah. content. Um, <laughs> Russia versus Saudi Arabia um, is the opening game, um, yep. which which is going to be a belter. Won't be going to that. So uh, Miguel has requested that one. I'll probably be there as well. Egypt, Uruguay, uh, the other two teams. So who do you? This is Jack Pitbrook has gone through all the hard work of of predicting the future for us. So what do we see from Group A, Jack? Um, I guess Uruguay will win it mm. and then
0: second place will be Russia. Oh, yeah. Only they're going to get all the refereeing decisions, right? South Korea d- yeah. all over again.
2: And there's always that little bit of oomph about a host nation as well. Yeah, the Russian,
1: yeah. Russian sportsmen obviously have a lot of a l- a l- Maybe it is possible, though, that I mean, the, the pressure that's going to be on that team they could completely bottle it. I did read something interesting. I think, was it the Wall Street Journal? Yeah. Um, it might have been in the Guardian, actually. It might have been Martha Kellner's piece saying that Putin basically is kind of doesn't care about this as much anymore. No, he doesn't. Yeah, like I've the, seen the I've seen Olympics that, was his baby. I've seen that in a few places actually. Um, although I've also, um,
2: I think it was first in the Financial Times, in which Simon, Simon Cooper wrote that he did one. Although I've seen a few pieces since. I actually, he, the alpha male in Putin. In fact, I did, wrote my own piece, as well. That uh, he sees this as an opportunity for kind of you know young Russians. Let's let's create a more. A, a physically adept nation and use events like the World Cup to do that.
1: Uh, and this is fundamentally, uh, you know, all the eyes of the world will still be on Russia. So mm. that's inescapable. So, so Putin will care about this uh, regardless, perhaps, of... of the football team success. The World Cup itself has to be a success. Um But you've got Uruguay and Russia coming through from that group in first and yeah, second. Yeah, you guys
0: are allowed to vote too. It's not just me. Um
1: yeah. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I think well, I think, I think yeah, Egypt. I, I think Egypt could be decent. What if
0: Russia throw everyone forward against Egypt, desperately chasing a result, and then just get shredded by Salah on the break? Yeah, that's, that's very part. Yeah. No, well, it's, it's going to be
1: fun to watch because Egypt presumably will play largely on the back foot against Uruguay, but have some decent pace on the attack. That, that
2: actually could be. Uh, it's a game that, because of the players involved, you think, "Well, that'll be good." Salah, maybe Suarez, and Morgan as Barcelona form, Cavani that, and yet they're basically they could be both counter-attacking teams. It could be a nil all there.
1: It's an it's the op- their opening group game, in Uruguay in Yekaterinburg. That's the furthest east city in Russia that's hosting the World Cup, and it's the lunchtime mm. kickoff. So it does have all the hallmarks of an absolutely dreadful match, um, but it's going to be crucial for both of those teams yeah. because, you know, I don't think it's a given that Uruguay go through, they weren't as good as usual in, in qualifying, but S- they do S- have... Suarez just looks so... Suarez has been dreadful this season and... Uh, do you think he's playing within himself for the sake of the world, his last World mm. Cup at the top. Especially oh. after what happened last time. But no, I, th- I think he just looks a bit, he looks a bit dumpy at the moment. Yeah. It looks a bit, it looks a bit big. Um, But he's really struggled because of Neymar's absence. I mean, with Uruguay, that's a team that they play for each other in a huge way and, and there's a lot of patriotic motivation there so they're always a danger um, but that is a weak group um, apparently it's one of the weakest uh, I think it's the weakest group ever at a World Cup um, no ranking. so well done on Russia for getting so lucky with that group uh, Group B Morocco Iran Portugal Spain love this group I think a lot of interesting little storylines link these teams what have you got Jack?
2: Yep Portugal Spain Spain to win it for me I'm, I'm not Jack Oh uh, no, I, yeah. I, I I was looking at. <laughs> so we for Spain,
0: Spain first, yeah. Portugal second.
2: Yeah, I I like one. Actually, one of the positives of the draw was the fact it meant that Portugal, Spain is the first game of the group because then they're not just playing out. Yeah, but yeah. And yeah. I, I, no matter no matter how important getting first place in the group is, it's still just not the same competitiveness as a game if it's actually fighting to get through. So um,
1: I think Spain. W- I think Spain better than Portugal uh, um, I think, I think, Spain are the favourites th- right? Lopetegui, Lopetegui has kind of got them doing the right things yeah. they've got too much strength So much. God. I think they're several levels ahead of Portugal um, Morocco a bit of a wild card uh, with what they're going to bring to it but they've got they've got some good talent yeah. so uh, it's just such a difficult group for those two teams well, also, Morocco and Iran
2: see, the whole thing is if someone wins that opening game between Portugal and Spain then there's an awkward because f- I was at the last World Cup the, la- the, the The work up the the last game between uh, Iran and Argentina, doing that Messi only won like with a screamer in the third minute, and Queroz was in charge of Iran then as well, and he will, he does, he's a manager very, very good at making it difficult for these teams for, uh, for in terms of how you open them up. So that you don't want to go into that Iran
1: game needing a win. And and if, you know, if Spain beat Portugal and Morocco beat Iran on the Mm. opening day, then Morocco go into these games. You know, if they can nick a draw of Portugal, then they're in the driving seat. But I I think we both agree that Spain and Portugal will go through from that one. Group C, France, Australia, Peru, Denmark. What a brilliant clash of nations that is. Uh, Have you gone for France first, Denmark second?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I I think that's... um, Peru
2: Peru won't have Guerrero, will they?
1: Yeah, uh, it looks like they won't have Guerrero, but they've still got Farfan. Um, Yeah, I mean, Guerrero is just a hardworking guy. He's not necessarily that that good a striker, I think. He's, He's... Hard working. They got Advin cute. They got a couple of like cute wingers. We okay. got a couple of decent guys. Um, Carrillo. Who was was at Sporting Watford. Lisbon? Wait, Watford now is he? Um, is he playing much at Watford? Uh, not really. I don't remember seeing him much. Um,
2: good s- kid too. It's obligatory when when Peru were mentioned. It. And Australia
1: yeah. don't look that good, Um but you know they could surprise people. I, I guess.
2: I think that, from what I saw in the quite even the, the playoff, I think that's not it's certainly more limited Australia team in 2010.
1: Another great group, Group D, Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, Nigeria.
2: That that is uh, the most fascinating group, I think. I love Croatia, I think they're
1: great. I think Argentina will by then be a proper force. I agree, I think once Sampaoli's had a bit of time with them, he's gonna round them into tournament shape. He's got a great record at tournaments. Sampaoli. As a coach, I think he still is one of the best coaches who's gonna be at the World Cup. Croatia second though we're going with that midfield is just yeah. so loaded.
0: Yeah, I mean for as long as th- as long as they've still got Modric, they're going to be. I think they can well, be is, the well Isn't
2: there, hasn't there been a bit of a concern at Madrid this season over Mod- Modric's ability to play? two consecutive games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had that, that they think right. he's but kind of come down from physical peak. But yeah. like, it's the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. They've got Brozovic as well. You've got Rakitic. Perisic. You've got Perisic. Um, up front, they've got options. Um, you've got Bedeli, who's quite a decent playmaker. Um, the back line's probably the issue you'd look at. You know, Lovren. Yeah. If he's back in the mix. But no, I think Nigeria have got a load of talent as well. And Iceland, we've seen what they can do. It's one of those groups that a couple of the draws would really throw things wide open. Yeah. Um and and there's no team there that's flawless. We have
2: me we have me down for a few games in like group, don't we? I believe.
1: Uh yeah, no, you're doing Croatia, Nigeria and Kaliningrad, um as far as I can see. I so, am? no you're not. <laughs> um <laughs> group E, Costa Rica, Serbia, Switzerland and Brazil. What do you think? Brazil to walk it but to be
0: That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today.
0: I saw Switzerland against Northern Ireland in the second leg of their playoff, and they would have been all right except for Harris Safarovic, who must who is nowhere near good enough to play up front for them. So I, God I knows
1: believe they, he was David Moyes' Ralph Sociedad. he was their lone striker, if wow. I remember correctly.
0: So I don't know if they're going to if they play Briel in Bolo, they could be quite dangerous, but. Um, Otherwise, I think they're going to be in trouble. Serbia have got lots of really good players, but yeah. that's kind of always been the case. And they, they I mean, they're, they're always everyone's dark horse. I was about yeah. to say they get tipped as dark horses, and it, it never, it never works out
1: like it that. It is
2: an odd situation as well. It looked like they finally clicked in qualifiers, um, and then they've
1: gone and sacked the manager. Yeah. So like, yeah, a lot of these teams seem to always just sabotage themselves um so i'd love to say serbia but i'd say probably the
0: swiss the Swiss have a good tournament record in that way they're quite they're solid they've got lots yeah. of solid reliable players and that group's been together for writing ages writing off
1: costa rica after what they did last time yeah classic, 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 classic eurocentric, eurocentric
0: yeah.
2: indie as i mentioned on thursday everyone was writing off so he was there i think he was there for scouting for the fa for that for the world cup in brazil you know everyone was writing off uh costa rica and then at the end of the second game watching them all celebrate
1: yeah <laughs> I mean, Costa Rica, good side.
2: Also, again, I think I, I wrote in my preview of the draw, international football is fairly middling. Yeah. and There's not many great managers. There's a lot of ordinary teams in this World Cup, and anyone with a little bit of organisation and innovation, and particularly maybe one or two very good players, <laughs> can go all the way to the semis.
1: Which takes us to Group F. Germany, Mexico, Sweden, South Korea. Um, I would put Germany and Mexico through yeah I'd
0: yeah, yeah i go for that ahead of the Swedes right Mexico got better players than Sweden
1: yeah Mexico are one of those terminally underrated. Uh, underrate, well, right. I don't think they're underrated. I think they're underachieving. Yeah, like underachieving. A
0: football-mad country of 150 million people. They've only reached two quarterfinals, and yeah, that was am- both when they hosted it. It's amazing, actually. They've yeah. got
1: like one of the richest and most lucrative leagues in the world. Yeah, uh, p- People don't give... I mean, part of it, man, that's part of it. People don't give them any respect, though. I, I've seen a lot of people who just assume Germany and Sweden would go through from this group.
2: This seems to be more together in Mexico, actually.
1: Yeah, certainly. There, there's less in fighting than there previously was. And there are more Mexican players now playing in good Mm. clubs at good leagues. Um, They probably still lack a little bit in terms of game-breaking talent that's going to take them beyond, say, the quarterfinals. Mm. But I don't think it's a bad team. I think think they'll go through ahead of Sweden. But Mexico-Sweden is likely to be the killer in that group. Um, I think we... Germany should win all all their games without any problems yeah, right. So. Seven like, points,
2: maybe though.
1: We like we like Germany there. Um Group G is
2: uh in for England. Yes.
1: Uh, I mean it's, try and be neutral here, Miguel, because I know you're a big England fan.
2: I like page uh, I wish him very well. Why
1: do you like Gareth Southgate? I
2: think he's a um good, honest guy, healthy interest in the game, knows what he wants. No time for a lot of the bullshit around the English national mm-hmm. team, and there is an awful lot of it. Correct. I'm allowed to say bullshit, on yeah, yeah,
1: of course you are. Yeah, we'll yeah it's fine. Um,
2: like even I, I, I really like his attitude to the captaincy. Um, whether he's a good enough manager, it's hard to say because we haven't seen too much yet from this England, and there's not too much evidence from his Middlesbrough time. Um, there is. It's just not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The relegation. Yeah, um. That's the big question really with Southgate is mm. that I think he says all the right things. Yeah. Everyone really likes him. He's got a lot of um credit. He's got a lot of integrity. The, the most important he's got a lot of integrity and he's very smart. But the I mean the the big question the big unanswered question is the most important one which is that we don't know if he's a good manager or yeah, not. Yeah. There's kind of
1: yeah. not really enough evidence yet. And and then what we're going to do is we're going to base his entire career off of a sp- potentially a seven-game stretch Yeah, that's in true. Russia. Or p- potentially a one-game stretch. Yeah. Like oh, although, game.
2: although Glenn did say today that no matter what happens in Russia, he will stay on the job because he has a longer-term project. And uh, To be fair, I think that's... a Martin put, Glenn, Chief yeah, Executive of the FA. I think that's quite a clever attitude in the sense that you can't take... This, this is a very, very young team with, with, very, with very little Turner experience, very little uh, experience of, trof- of winning trophies. So
1: and also just say it anyway that like, the FA can go back on it and sack him later well, you yeah. know, that's almost inevitably what would happen if they bombed out at the group stage but on, um, they, they played Tunisia in the opener and then they played Panama and then they played Belgium in Kaliningrad the group finale um, what do we think about this group I mean it, the assumption Belgium is that Belgium and England yeah. should go through
2: yeah but but, I see, but Belgium actually in a slightly similar situation to England now ever since Spain broke their historic drought with, that, with, this, with the, the greatest run of trophies that the international game has ever seen um, the kind of the tag of the big t- the big nation or you know, talented nation that bottles it has moved to England and almost more so in the last few years to Belgium um, and while I think Martinez has done some good things at the team there are evidently issues as we've seen like with some, some of the comments from De Bruyne um, so I think that's a bit of an I wouldn't necessarily automatically say it's it's Belgium top of the group, even though they have more pl- more quality players in their prime than England. But one, one thing actually about this group and Spain's group, um, it's almost as if the draw has fashioned like Spain and, and England weren't seeds, but they almost may as well be seeds with the way the draw the draws were down, right down to the fact that if they get true, it's against a more forgiving last sixteen opponent whether they finish
1: first or second. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick. Belgium, England. Who's going to finish top? Uh, Belgium probably have more goals than them. So if they, say yeah, if they're bottom seven points, I think
0: Belgium would have a better goal difference. Yeah, I'm going for Belgium, Belgium to win the group ahead of England for me.
1: I, um, I mean, uh, I just look forward to seeing them without Mark Wilmotts, To be honest, yeah, uh, that's true. A dreadful, dreadful coach. I did uh, two Belgium games at each of the last two tournaments, and he just ruined yeah. an incredibly talented squad. Unfortunately, um, so. You know, Roberto Martinez is a guy who's had his flaws uh, for sure, especially yeah, organising as well. But, uh, but yeah, I know. I think mm. he he's very personable, and if the players like him and he's a good coach, then the sky's the limit for that team. You know, that that could be a semi-finalist mm-hmm. at least. I think if it goes right. If it goes wrong, uh, who knows? Panama is going to be one of those mysteries, isn't it? I think lots of people don't know much about them, but they did knock out the US. Um, they are good in Panama, at least. Mm. Uh, whether that translates to... To Sochi, we'll see. Tunisia, again, a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, Almost certain that England will play a pre-tournament friendly against someone like Algeria, assuming that they play the same style of football. Um, we got we go, actually. <laughs> that, that's gonna be the classic pre World <laughs> <laughs> Cup tournament again, again. Like you say, against a team bordering
0: a country we're drawn against. because yeah, yeah, we'll, they're the same. We'll, we'll, we will also play Guatemala or yes. Honduras by yeah. the yeah. same logic. Yeah. Well, and we, then we'll, well all. Go, it'll be at Wem-
1: Honduras if they beat the fuck out of our players last time. <laughs> it'll
0: be at Wembley on about the second of June. We'll all go there, incredibly excited, <laughs> and then it'll be nil nil. Yeah. Oh, or no, like we, maybe, we, maybe we, Eric Dyer will bundle in a late equaliser, one all, and it's that national moment of realization, like Christ, we're actually not going to win this, are we? So
2: so in at the draw on friday in the mix on afterwards we got the um the um panama manager who was who managed colombia when they lost to england in 98
1: the oh, 2 yeah, nil yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was like he was funny he was, he was exactly saying we were just talking about well, so what do you think of the style and he said almost exactly like well you know england they're quite similar to wales in the style uh, who we played recently and then you know he did it, we we we've got um we, 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 we've played Iran recently as well, so they're quite similar to Genizia. <laughs> yeah. like, that,
1: uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Belgium and England from that group will give Belgium uh, the win so that we can't be accused of building them up to knock them down because uh, that will inevitably really happen. In the next group... I'm actually sick of that getting said as well. building yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, so I'm it's probably going to do a column on it at some it's point. Box. It is absolute bollocks. Mm. Poland, Senegal, Colombia and Japan in... What can only be described as a weird group. Um, Mm. Poland, what do we think? I mean, they Mm. they gamed the world ranking system to get a a top seed, and it's completely worked out for them. Yeah. But I'm still not convinced they're even going to get out of this group because I I think think Colombia are the winners, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, Colombia should win it. Good, Good side, Poland, though. They're quite solid. I mean, if if you're if if they're uninspiring, if you can defend in two banks of four Mm. and you have a world class number nine, yeah, like the, I mean, as Miguel said, like World Cup football isn't actually that hard. Like that, that's a pretty good, a pretty good recipe for winning. Yeah,
1: at the Euros, their tactic seemed to be to win on penalties. That was that was kind of what they were going for, and they're probably. You know, okay, maybe they squeak through this group and then go out round of 16 who, who penalties after nil-nil after 120 minutes. And then they go
0: out on pens to Portugal. Portugal, yeah, I was there.
1: Who, who, who did
2: they beat in the last 16, actually? Switzerland. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Was oh, it? it was po- yeah, Poland-Portugal. Po- and yeah, Poland-Switzerland was the um, Shakiri game. The Shaqiri oh, the bicycle, bicycle kick. Yes. God, I can't believe I can't remember all that stuff. But, um, no,
2: actually, I, w- I was watching that in the press room of Lanz because I went to what was actually... Arguing about Brexit. Yes. With
0: a, uh, uh, an, uh, another journalist that we know.
2: Let's <laughs> not go further, further than that one. But yeah, that was also the day of one of the worst matches I've ever been to. Croatia, Portugal. Yeah, that
0: Dread. was terrible. That was really, really bad. Um,
1: and also irrelevant. Uh, Poland, Senegal, <laughs> Colombia, <laughs> Japan in Group H. So uh, Japan, um, I've not watched a lot of Japan recently. Can someone help me on Japan? Uh, no, the they've got cat pretty no. good
0: players. <laughs> I mean,
1: no. any, you know, anything could happen. Uh, it's just a wide open group. Like Senegal, I have seen a little bit of. Um, they're a good side. They've obviously got very good players um, who, that are playing in Europe. Who obviously are they very good players? Sadio Mane.
2: Oh, right. Actually, I mean, you, he's really good. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. genuinely one of the best players in the Premier League. Yeah,
1: yeah. The
2: Japanese, now this is a wider debate rather than to do with a specific team, but I remember talking to someone recently about coaching in countries basically countries like Japan and the USA super wealthy countries that have got into football more recently and one of the problems they've had is that that means that they, don't, they don't create or their culture doesn't create or, does, or doesn't know how to make the best of naturally instinctive players That they just they just coach generations of these technically very adept players but without anything and an extra to their game
1: big problem in America for yeah, sure Yeah. so I, like,
2: I, I'd actually be interested in exploring this before the work up in some notional piece um
1: I think Colombia win this.
0: Let me have yeah. it, yeah. let me have it. Yeah, Colombia, and
1: then- You're gonna put Poland through, but I wanna put Senegal through because I'm feeling like a wild card.
0: Okay, yeah, why not?
1: Yeah? Manet. Sorry, Paul. Um
0: Okay, last 16.
1: So, the last 16 then, that would put us with Jack. So, the <laughs> first game in Sochi is
0: Uruguay against Portugal. Portugal? Yeah, Portugal.
1: Yeah, yeah you'd have route. to say that Ronaldo factor. Um, I, I, I think Uruguay aren't as good as they've been in years past. Yeah, you know, they, they, they had that really their time was that last World Cup. They were kind of all in their peak of it. Portugal do have, I mean, even beneath Ronaldo, they'd have a good generation of youngsters mm-hmm. coming through. Actually,
0: 2011 was really their peak because Suarez was... When they had Forlan as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Suarez, Suarez, Cavani, right,
1: four
2: yeah. Forlan,
0: uh, Lodero. And they won, they won the Cup of that year, didn't they? Yeah. Then in Kazan, we've got France against Croatia. Game. Presumably okay. that should be a, pretty easy a really good game. Mm-hmm. But France, went France will win, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, oh, well, they could have a tournament meltdown. You know, Deschamps again. France have
0: got so the, the, t- the talent they have in their front line is just ludicrous. Yeah.
1: A player who once played under Deschamps told me about uh, they were on a plane back from a from a game once, and they were flying through a storm and it was quite turbulent. And they were kind of worried. Um, they are flying through the clouds and there's a lightning bolt went off and it kind of hits the plane. Obviously, it doesn't you know these things don't down a plane, but it's pretty scary because the lights go off and come back on, whatever. Um, and one of the, the other players turned to him and said, there's no way we'll crash. Deschamps on board. And basically the, <laughs> the whole thing about Deschamps is they all thought he was the luckiest manager alive, basically. Yeah. He constantly gets put in these great positions, constantly keeps getting these great jobs. Like he was the water carrier in a very good French mm. team that won the World Cup. And he kind of became the face of it. And he's this national figure in France where he's actually, as a coach, the players didn't seem to rate him. But I also think they could come unstuck because they've got a great, great, great squad of players, but I just don't think they're that well coached. Yeah, but
0: I think they'll still be, they'll still be Croatia. Yeah. in this nominal last sixteen game in Kazan. Next up on the first of July at the Luzhniki, it's quite a good one. Spain against Russia.
1: Mm. It has to be Spain. Spain. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom half the draw. The of them. That's a um, 4 0 by the way. Then yeah, I'd agree.
0: Out in N- in Nizhny Novgorod, Argentina
1: Denmark. Argentina.
0: yeah, Comfortable Argentina win, you'd have to say.
1: But well, Denmark didn't look that great, did they, in the playoffs?
0: You saw them. No, th- th- I
1: mean...
2: Oh, sorry, is, it, is, he, well, is it painful? Not at all, really. Okay. Mm-hmm. Could be, th- it could be
1: Ireland th- playing Argentina th- in that spot. Well,
2: they probably wouldn't have been second seed, though. <laughs> but um, even even in that game, you, you kind of... <laughs> the context is essentially Martin O'Neill giving Christian Eriksen the, the freedom of the pitch. Mm.
0: So that kind of skews everything they were, pr- they were pretty bad in the first leg
1: and argentina would just kick
0: him up in the air anyway and hmm. then on on the second of july in samara we've got brazil against mexico which i think is a game we've had in the last two world cups
1: yeah yeah brazil brazil smashed that i think they're the best team at the world cup so it was, it was 2014 a old draw
2: 2010 they're playing 2010 i don't think they did it, uh, no that but was
0: argentina mexico yeah yeah wasn't it? not brazil mexico
2: brazil knocked out chile in the second round
1: Mexico-Holland at the 2014, was oh, it? Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah.
2: was a controversial game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the water break.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That
0: was a great game. Mm-hmm. And then in Rostov, we've got Belgium-Senegal.
1: What a great game that is. 3-2 Belgium. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, then the, the final day of the last 16 round. It's a good one. In St. Petersburg, Germany-Switzerland. Ooh, ooh, Has spicy. to be Germany. Yeah. 3-0. Yeah. Switzerland would never... I c- I can't see Switzerland beating anyone better than them. Yeah, yeah. They've got yeah. no kind of special they've got nothing interesting yeah. or exciting about them. And then uh finally in Moscow at the Yorkiti, Columbia, England. Columbia. I have to say England.
1: Oh. Deciding vote. Uh um, obviously I'm gonna have to go with England uh, because um Gareth Southgate's such a nice bloke according to Miguel. <laughs> um and that's enough well, to win World Cup <laughs> knockout games. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Uh boy,
1: I also think he's a nice bloke. I
0: okay, was well, this is up with?
1: Is he, was with he? Pa- pre- Would you
0: got on a Palace legend?
1: Is he a w- um, he's got a soft spot for Palace, and he's. He, he, I've I've seen him a few times there in the director's box, and he's kind of obviously knows the people at the club still. And he's not a legend per se, but he played for a few years for the club and was very good for the club. Got so so stamped so on where we Rukin. One of those situations. I mean Roy Keane uh, probably less of a good bloke than Gareth Southgate. We can say. Funnier, back, though, anyway, can say. B- back to Nizhny Novgorod. Excellent. So this
0: takes us through to the quarterfinals. First up in Nizhny on the sixth of July, we have Portugal against France. France. I have to yeah, give it. Yeah, France. You have to give it to France. Yeah. As, as unconvincing as they might just be. Just mugged off Deschamps for five minutes. And got got, well, they'll, uh, get, they'll get revenge. They've for, got, um, got better players. They'll get
2: revenge for 2016
0: as well. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's the narrative. How could we forget that tournament? How can we forget that final? <laughs> uh, then out all the way out in Kazan, we have Brazil-Belgium. Has to be Brazil. Brazil, yeah. Um,
1: Brazil-Belgium was the game so, so, so that okay. would have taken place in 2002 had England beaten Brazil. No, it was the game. It did,
2: uh, oh, was it not? 2002, yeah, Brazil. Oh, no, sorry,
1: other way around. Brazil played Belgium for the right to play England in that quarterfinal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. Right. Um, Rivaldo Reval, got two. So Belgium are seeking revenge for we a two. It. That's an underrated narrative.
0: And then the bottom half of this draw is incredible. In Sochi, Spain, Argentina. Oh, get around me.
2: That is classic. Yeah, Miguel unfortunately heat,
0: can't make that game
1: in the yeah. baking heat of Sochi. You be at that one? think gonna be at that one? No, you you you're busy that day. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'll be in Sochi for Spain, Argentina where <laughs> you should rack everyone. <laughs> no, the no, gr- know, there, there be some Wimbledon, there'll be tennis or some rubbish on that day. <laughs> there is. Uh, that is I think that's the middle weekend of Wimbledon. <laughs> cricket, um, no, you, like, you love that. Uh, <laughs> cricket, you love that. More <laughs> racial slurs. Uh Sochi You do though. Spain. Literally love cricket. <laughs> it's a good spot. I think it has to be I think
0: yeah, I to Spain. Yeah. Two one Spain. Yeah, yeah, i agree.
1: Yeah just because this is a great Spain team.
0: And then finally in Samara, Germany, England. I just can't see England winning. It's Germany on penalties,
1: no. isn't it? Always. Germany just, I know. see.
0: I think that England's ultimate problem is that even if, I think you have two problems. One is the attack and one's the defense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no. um, two two significant problems.
0: Like firstly, England have really good attacking players, but I don't know if they're going to play well together, which isn't a given, and that's kind of what Southgate has to teach them to do mm. uh, between now and June. And the second is that I don't think, I mean, the defence we don't e- really even have good defenders. Like I think yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of se- never it's seven convinc- out of ten defence. I've never been convinced. The, in- the England defence hasn't been convincing for years at tournaments, even under a more defensive coach and Hodgson, it wasn't. Uh, there is a big question mark over the goalkeeping, and I just think Germany will be good enough to pick their way through and score goals. Yeah, yeah.
1: got a bad feeling. So Tony Cruz and Luke, uh, Tony Cruz and uh, Mesut Ozil might outclass Alv- Jake Livermore. In mid- it's outvoted
0: in England, uh, <laughs> and that takes us through to the semi-finals. First up in St Petersburg, we have 1998 final
1: reprised: oh. France against Brazil. Spicy Brazil win it. Yeah, Brazil. Yeah, a huge two, game. But two 0 I reckon. One, one early, like 16th minute, and then. On the counter, eighty eighth minute, Paul Pogba course, four to the ground. I'm actually act- getting excited Bra- thinking of these Bra-
0: Brazil actually have more, probably the only other team apart f- who have like as good forward options as France. Yeah, yeah. And you have great coach Jesus Neymar, Jesus, oh Firmino, Coutinho.
2: Yeah, and 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 then beyond that, a structure
1: that works for the team. Yeah, yeah. The thing that is Brazil always they always include domestic based players who like basically have no right to be there. Yeah. Um, but like they've got so many attacking options, you think that they might be able to leave like Fred at home it, this it, time. It, 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 yeah, <laughs> it is actually amazing though that they well not amazing but it's I suppose it's
2: quite telling that because I think it's it's still commonly accepted that there's a huge dysfunction mm. in in Brazil in Brazil's whole football infrastructure. But I, I suppose, but because it's a massive country by sheer weight of numbers, they just still create these. Yeah, and, and there's you know and ones they, find, that end they up finally got a coach right.
1: There's still good players that end up in China like Renato Augusto and, in fact, actually, and Paulinho because they probably haven't had the right manager since 2002, really. Or Cite is a genuinely brilliant coach. Yeah. I mean, like he's just very, very good. What he did with Corinthians was excellent, and to have a really yeah, yeah. quality cast of players with this coach just works. You know, the last guys hmm. have been chosen for political reasons. This guy has been chosen because he's the best coach available. That's all you could ask for. And then
0: we're back at the Luzhniki for Spain Germany, another belt. Spain, the big one. Yeah, I really hope
1: it turns out like this. The final yeah, four. Yeah, that, that yeah. Is, I mean,
0: good. It, inevitably it won't. But or, Ma-
1: or Messi in there. I don't. If yeah. Russia somehow binked the final four, I'm never watching football again. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I'd, yeah, I'd probably go for Spain over Germany. Yeah, I've never been massively convinced by Germany.
2: Neither um, have I. This is just something. Even when they won it in 2014, and they was kind of was in the Brazil game, they were never really kind of. You never got the sense that they were more than the sum of their amazing talents. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well,
1: I think yeah. Murata, Murata, if he's going to be the guy, I mean, uh, well, actually, will Will Costa be ready for Spain? It's an interesting yeah, one. one. I am not sure. I'm not convinced. I mean, at the moment, it's very difficult for Lopetegui to make any decisions on that. But they have had a problem with number 9 for the last 3 4 years. Mm. Um Casa wasn't fit in 2014. Yeah, Paco Alcasa looked like he might be the guy and then but it doesn't play for Barca. Um they went with uh, they took Aritz Haleriz, didn't they, to the euros. Yeah. He didn't really do much. So I, I'm not I'm not sure about the number 9 situation, but I think Murata's is such a good link guy that I'd play him and you hope that he's gone or back to David Villa, haven't they? Villa was the in the squad, squads. yeah, he was in the squad. the most, the most important
2: player in that Spanish team in the,
1: the, yeah. in the great Spanish team for me. Perhaps not in 20 18, but no, w- no. but we'll see. Um, but I think, yeah, we'll give that to Spain. So the final yeah. is Spain versus Brazil. So that gets us Spain versus Brazil at the Luzhniki on the 15th of July. Who are you going for? I want to say Spain, but I feel like i to go Brazil. I think Brazil yeah. went 2-1 in extra time. And the goal scorer will be uh, Gabriel Jesus in extra time. Well, there we are. Put the mortgage on it. What, what have you gone for? I do haven't you really
0: voted yet? Um, I'm going to go for. I'd probably vote for Spain. And I'm, kind of, I'm kind of like 59 49. Kind of think Spain would probably have more. By that stage of the tournament, I'd say Spain will have more options on the bench. If you look at like the yeah, midfielders true, who aren't going yeah. to yeah, yeah. start for them, the strikers who aren't going to start for them, the winning experience of having won three tournaments in living memory. Uh, they've probably got the you know the best keeper, the best the best two centre backs. I think that for lo- for longevity over the tournament and for variety of options, I would go for Spain over Brazil. Okay, I, I'm
1: changing my vote. Ah, um flip flop. If he's you, you bet a lot
0: me. of money on Brazil off the back of
1: Ed's prediction one minute ago, then you're in trouble. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> two, two teams now no longer way. official independent policy. <laughs> two teams that <laughs> departed Brazil utterly scarred at the last World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were both at Spain Chile, weren't we? Yes. Um, Spain just looked so tired. I wouldn't say, uh, to be fair, I wouldn't say Spain were scar, but It was just kind of the end of that. It regime. was the end. The f- and in fact, that was, um, I think it was the marker front page, wasn't it? Iniesta walking mm. off with just a black background. The end. Good. Good. good, good in page, English. Um, and I think they do look like the two best. T- I, I'm really, I, I'm really into Brazil. Um, probably way too into this Brazil team. Uh, but I think in a time of, of where there's a lot of question marks over these coaches, like Lopetegui still hasn't, at a senior level, yeah, achieved true. anything. Um, Didier Deschamps, I told you, I don't necessarily think he's the man. Uh, Joachim Löw has obviously <laughs> done quite well, but you know he's a guy that has critics, certainly, in Germany. And this looks like it's going to be the last tournament of his cycle, as it were. Gareth Southgate, lovely man, Miguel says. Um, so he's obviously going to win it. Uh, and you've got Roberto Martinez in charge of one of the best squads. So it is one of those things, again, where the coaching could be huge. Um, but thank you for predicting the future with us today, guys. We've probably gone off a little too long, uh, judging by the faces uh, Matt is making at me. Um, by the time you listen to this podcast, we've probably um, come a valiant second in the Football Sports Federation podcast awards uh, tonight. But uh, no doubt if you voted for us already, then you'll be cheering us on and and we will do you proud in terms of conduct and behaviour, if not winning the award itself. By Um, slagging off those who win it. Yes, we'll we'll relentlessly slag them off to their face and uh, in private. So Miguel, (laughs) uh, thank you for coming today. Thank (laughs) you for your Manchester United Arsenal analysis. Thank you for your future predictions and your clairvoyance. Thank you, Jack Pickbrook, for writing it all down. Thank Um, you. If you could, uh, maybe, I don't know, that would be good social content if you could uh, tweet that when you tweet out the podcast later on which you will uh and thank you to matt murphy thank you to itunes thank you to a cast thank you to uh northcliffe house in which we are resided thank you to london underground for getting miguel here in one piece and i didn't uh, go to the
2: underground today i got the overground to west
1: brompton and then walked from there literally nobody cares uh thank <laughs> you for joining us this is the indie football podcast goodbye <laughs>